0: it's Thursday August 3rd 2023 love Thursdays man love them I decided that this should be evening music. It's just like the perfect cocktail, perhaps smoking a cigar kind of music. Um, I don't know. There's just a vibe about it. I love it, period. But it really does make me think of having a cocktail, and maybe I should be doing that this early in the morning. But I typically uh, don't drink very much at all, and then uh, I would prefer to drink in the in the evening or afternoon. Um, Mega Millions is way. Way up there. And the drawings tomorrow. So you better get your tickets. It's up to one point two five billion dollars. Billion. Um that's a six hundred and twenty-five point three million dollar cash option. After taxes, you'd walk away with about 346 million dollars. Per day, that 346 million dollars would at eight percent would earn you about 60,000 dollars per day. It's actually 60,687 dollars. If my calculations are correct, uh, per week you'd be making 425,974 dollars in interest. Per month, that would be 1.8 million dollars. Every month, another million bucks in the pocket if you just, if you made 8% from wherever you put it in. Per year, it'd be $22.1 million. I could get by on that, I think. The annuity payments would be roughly uh, $48 million a year for 30 years. After taxes, those payments would be about $26.6 million. Uh, Again, you could get by on that. Uh, And that it might actually be safer and better to do the annuity. I mean, you don't know if your investments are going to work out. Everybody thinks, oh, I'll have all that money, and my investments will be awesome. I don't know that you can guarantee that. Unless you have a place right now where you're putting money, and you've been putting money for at least 10 years, and that is earning you at least 8% interest. I don't think you can say that. Excuse me while I take a sip of Joe. Hmm. Damn, that's good. Uh, Time for the joke of the day today. Um, Joke of the day. A woman is in labor and suddenly she shouts, shouldn't, couldn't, wouldn't, didn't, can't. The doctor says, don't worry, ma'am. Those are just contractions. (laughs) They're just contractions, all those words are oh god, that's funny stuff. Um I'm not done with this part though. Normally I go right into Grateful and I'm 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 gonna do gratefulness today. Um but uh it is I, I wanted to do this podcast outside so bad today, but it's really gonna be warm and humid. And I thought, well, <clears throat> do I wanna take all my gear out here in the in the humidity? And so I decided not to, but I might do that one of these days, even maybe Saturday. Um, I, I, I finally got, um, I'm ready to go mobile. I'm ready to do at least two and probably three guests by the end of this week. And, um, it's exciting. I mean, I, I'm excited to go out and do some stuff. So I have a plan. I'm going to take Lisa out for dinner on, on Friday night. This is my plan. I'm not saying it's going to work. Last week we were going to go to Oppenheimer or Barbie, and, or not Barbie, uh, Oppenheimer or Mission Impossible and didn't do either. Um, anyway, uh, I'm going to take her out and then at this restaurant I'm going to take her out too. I'm going to find out if it's okay for me and a couple of fellas to sit around for like an hour and have a couple cocktails and talk to the bartender um, and maybe have that restaurant showcase maybe like a, a fun food or two um, so I'm going to see if that's possible, uh, just for fun and then get a couple of buddies together and, uh, and do it. And then from there, I'd like to do more of that if that, if that works out. So, um, hopefully that's going to happen. So I'm ready to go. And so I'm super excited to have all the equipment ready to go. And, um, I wanted to go outside more, but, uh, with the humidity being what it is, just feels like that's probably not best for the board and what have you. So, Inside I am. Now, what am I grateful for? Try to be grateful every single day just so I don't forget things that are good in life, even when the chips are down and you don't feel like things are going well. Right now, I feel like everything is going well, but I still need to kind of connect with the little things that are good. It's easy to connect with the big things that are good, and I just need to get in there and just remember, hey... Don't forget to be grateful for these things, too. So um, I had some technology issues over the last week that are behind me as of yesterday. I am so grateful for getting caught up. I, I yes, as of yesterday, I'm, I'm kind of caught up with all that stuff. Um, the uh, another thing that I'm grateful for is I don't like it when time goes by so fast. Like when you get older, you feel like, oh, my God, another year. You we, we just started August. and It's like, oh, my God, the year is more than half over. We're heading into and we're heading into fall and I'm like football starts in four or five weeks it's over it's over summer is coming to an end no if I was a kid I'd be going back to school shopping ah. yeah <clears throat> but you you kind of get to this point where you don't like how fast time goes by but I like it when a week goes by pretty fast. <clears throat> when a work week goes by fast, I am um, I like that. I like that. Oh, n- you know, like there just comes a time when the obligation to answer calls and the number of calls that even come in just is so, so reduced. The stress is reduced and it feels good. And Thursday is my favorite day and I'm glad that it's Thursday. It's toward the end of the week. The week's not over yet. We haven't messed up anything on the weekend yet. Still have everything to look forward to and all the promise of a weekend. (laughs) And nobody can wreck it right now. Um, People will probably try, though. Um, I I am grateful for the new Outlook for desktop, which is starting to become available. Because I had some computer issues, I now have the new Outlook 2024. Um, I like it so far. It's much more like the phone app, which I'm grateful for. Um, And I'm so grateful for any productivity tool. Anything that can make my life a little bit easier. There's one thing that's missing for me. I set up a bunch of quick steps in there. So I have a couple of keystrokes I do for very common tasks in Outlook. And they've reduced that so that I can't use those keystrokes. You can still do the quick steps, but you can't use the keystrokes I've been using for years. So that I'm a little bit sad about. But overall, the other improvements are are really good. I, I really like it. So... Don't forget to be grateful. Okay? It's important. Tell people that you're grateful for them. I just wrote Lisa a nice note yesterday telling her how grateful I am for her. This now is What's eating in Camp. The meat of the program. These are things that confound, gnaw, or interest me. <laughs> I got to start that over. Things that interest, confound, or gnaw I mean, I can't throw gnaw in the middle of there because the word at. That's funny. Um... Learned something the other day. So our furnace, uh, not our furnace, our air conditioner was working, but it, it seemed slow. Like we let it get pretty warm in the house. Sometimes like on a nice day, we'll open up windows. Might get to be about 75, 76 in here. And then you turn on the air and then used to be like last year, boom. I mean, in a couple hours, we're right up to whatever temperature we wanted to be. Everything was good. In this last couple of weeks, not so much. We it, Like one time we were going to bed, we had the air on for four or five hours We were going to bed. It was still over 70 degrees in here. That wasn't right. So we called some professionals. In fact, the people that put our air conditioner in. And they came out here and they charged us a whole bunch of money. And um, our house is now like, you keep it at the same temperature. But when, so they had to recharge, they had to put a little refrigerant in. And uh, they they said it shouldn't leak like that. So they're going to keep an eye on that um and they they have ways of patching that up otherwise you got to replace a really expensive coil and yada 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 so anyway trip charge putting us on a maintenance plan all these things cost a bunch of money um but i will tell you right now that you know he was explaining to us air conditioning isn't really about like just blowing cold air it's as much about taking the humidity out of the air and i will tell you the crispness in our air inside our house right now is i got to turn uh got to turn that temperature up a little bit Anyway, one of the things that we learned um, was so when you first build a house, they tell you to change your filter for the first year every single month because there's just a bunch of dust and settling and all these things going on and, and just like to keep your house as clean as possible, change your filters once a month. And then after that, nobody said anything like nobody said, well, then you can go to they just said for the first year, change your filters once a month. Um, so we kind of been keeping up with that, but it's not usually exactly in the month, it might be a month and a half. We've probably gone two months sometimes without changing our filter. When you pull the filter out, it's like, oh my God, I mean, we're breathing this. This is God, what the fuck? Excuse my language. Um So the guy comes in, he, he's telling us, he goes, you know, I checked your filter, which we had not changed. And I was kind of worried about that because every when we first called, um, they're like, are you changing your filter regularly? Are you? And then this guy comes in and he's like, are you changing your filter regularly? And we're like, yep. And, um, we thought, you know, once a month. So I was a little bit embarrassed that he's going to go down there and we were going to have a dirty filter in there. And he goes down there, I checked your filter. It looks great. And I'm like, I've seen our filter. It does not look great. It's. And he goes, uh, one thing don't ever get those furnace filters. They're called Filtrite. right? F I L T. R-E-T-E. They're red. They're just, they're like the most typical filters I know of. And we, for this furnace, we have like a four inch wide um, filter. And um, he said, don't ever buy those. He goes, they're designed with particles on the fabric that are meant to turn dark right away. So you feel like you need to change your filter more often. And he goes, but it's not true. There's a real way to tell whether your filter needs to be changed or not. No matter how dirty it looks, when you first get a filter, if you hold it up to the light, you can look through it and you can see the light. And he said, no matter how dirty it looks, if you can hold it up to that light and still see the light through half of the furnace filter, you're fine. If you can't, then you got to change it. And so we're like, well, if not Filtrate, like we don't know brands of filters. We don't. He goes anything but that one. <laughs> That's all we've been buying for seven years. It's freaking awesome. Um, so consumer warning: don't buy Filtrate furnace filters. Um, the other thing we learned is your filter should have a MERV rating, which is a an acronym for. Some sort of measuring of energy, or of vent- heating and ventilation, or something like that, uh, and it's an acronym. It's M E R V, as in Victor, uh, and it should have a MERV rating of between nine and twelve. That's the common one that keeps out most of the the crap. So those are things that we learned yesterday, and uh, I it, it's one of those things where you're like, how do how am I just finding this out now and you just you just go through certain things like that, like a robot, right? Like, you, this is what we do. This is what we do. We don't know any better. We just, okay, well, well you tell us, turn we change it. Yeah, we do. We just do what you tell us to do. And, of course, we don't know that there's better or worse. And never had a reason to be like, am I doing the right thing here? So guess how often you normally need to change your filters. Remember, we're changing them roughly once a month. Every six months. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Like to have all that money back, oh, well, at least we learned it took me fifty four years to learn that and seven years of being in a new house <laughs> i'm not uh I'm not breaking any records here, kids, <laughs> just it's, it is the way it is. um the other thing this was on my mind I was just I was talking to somebody the other day about I don't know why, but like childhood things and things when I was much younger are really just I don't know like i'm they're popping in my head. Without, like, I'm not sitting here going, ah, oh, remember the day. That's not happening. Just like I'm brushing my teeth and I'm like, oh, yeah, I remember. And something makes me think of, um, I was thinking about our boat when we were kids and just, I don't know, a lot of things. Anyway, this this popped into my head. And I was telling my st- this story to a friend of mine a number of years ago. Um, And I'm going to entitle this segment right here, a race that I wish I could have seen. When I was much younger, much younger, um, prior to 15, um, I was a competitive swimmer. Um, I could swim every single stroke, but I wasn't great at breaststroke or butterfly. They're hard strokes, very uh, technically sound, like your leg kick and breaststroke has to be just right. Um, You know, how high your head comes out of the water, it doesn't come out of the water is key, and there's a lot of things. Butterfly is just a hard stroke. Especially when you're young, because it requires a lot of upper body strength, which I had later, but I didn't, like early on in my swimming career, I didn't have that. But I was the only one that had the form down. So I would often swim butterfly, um, both in medley relays and in, um, you know, in one on one, in just that stroke. And uh, one of my favorite things about swimming, so anyway, we did some medley relays, not my favorite, but um, in, all of the time, my favorite thing about swimming was when we're standing on the starting block before the race starts, and you're waiting for the starter to do the swimmer's your mark, and then the gun goes off. And in, that, in those moments leading up to that, you're sitting you're standing on the block, getting ready to jump into the water. And there's two things that are just ingrained in my, that will never leave my mind in those moments. And I can remember them like they were yesterday. It would be so quiet in the pool area that you could hear the HVAC. You could just hear that hum. That quiet. And then the other thing was that the water in front of you was perfectly still. You know, the last race was over a while ago. There's no wind in the pool area. The, the water is perfect. And for me, the only thing I can think of is that I want to be the first one to pierce that water. When you take off here, I don't want, I, I want to hit that pristine water. And when, I, and when I was young, I didn't have any strategy Everything was a sprint then, because when you're at a certain age you you just you swim the length of the pool, whether it be twenty five yards, twenty five meters, fifty meters, whatever, it didn't matter. you just when you were young you swam that. Uh, then later, the older ages started doing the hundred meters and the two hundred meters and the eight hundred meters and the what have you. I mean those, those that came later. Uh, but for me, I didn't really have a strategy, but all I did was like, my whole strategy was, when I hit the water, just swim as fast as I can. Just go. Just balls out. I wasn't even going to be tired. I was so young. <laughs> it was just, have all that energy. I just swam as fast as I could, and I just, and I won a lot. I was, I, and I'm not bragging, and I'm not remember this, remembering this in a weird way. I just, I was good at it. It was just something that I was good at. Nobody ever even taught me how to swim. My next door neighbor, Steve Teffer, they had a pool and I was sitting on the edge of the pool. I'd never swam before. And my little buddy (laughs) comes up behind me, scares the shit out of me. Oh, I should probably do that. And I go into the water and I come right back up and I just calmly got out of the pool. And there was a woman there that was like, that does not happen. Kids panic. Kids don't. They don't even know what to do when they're in the water. That, like, if that's his first experience being in the water like that, they just don't. Doesn't happen like that. And so that just piqued some interest, both in me and my parents. And so she happened to also be the swim coach. So uh I, she wanted me on the swim team, and uh, I did that, and I loved it. I, it was great. I, I liked. It, all through life I liked anything that I you know, people thought I was good at. It didn't matter whether I thought I was good at it or not, just if I got that feedback. And uh so I I did it and I and I remember I got the the AAU meets where you would know, sit in a gym for half a day and then just swim when you swam. And you'd sit there with all your friends and you're on wrestling mats and you'd eating jello powder to keep your energy up and well, anyway, just, I was good at it. I liked doing it. My friends at that time all swam. Um, I didn't love medley relays, like I said. One of the reasons was because we never had a full team. We never had a full, full team. And if we ever had a freestyler on the team, then I had to swim another stroke because we would never have like a breaststroke guy or a gal or a, a butterfly person. So, I, since I could do those, then I wound up having to do that. When we did have people that could do that, I always anchored. I was always freestyle, and um, that's the way I liked it. I wanted to be the one that was in the pool the last, the, the in the pool last, so that whatever happened in between, it was on me. That's what I wanted. I loved that. I don't know why I loved it. I loved it. I'm like, I would be sad if I had to do. I do it for the team and I'd do my best but I wanted to be that guy. And I was good at it. So why not? Um one time I had to actually swim two strokes. I had to swim I think uh I think I had to sw- swim breaststroke and freestyle in one medley. I don't think it was I think there was something about that match that wasn't like I don't know meaningful in some way so it didn't like nobody cared that i did that normally i don't think you could have done that we would have had to have scratched but in one i remember doing that where i got out of the pool and it happened to work out that breaststroke and freestyle started from the same or when i ended breaststroke i could stay there and then get on the on the block when freestyle came up and um i swear i remember one time when i had to do some stroke where i had to go across the pool i had to run around the pool, and get on that starting block. I don't don't remember. I swear that happened once. But anyway, um, in one race uh, where I was swimming anchor, I was swimming freestyle, uh, we were way behind. Uh, You know, we don't have a strong... I remember we had a girl named Amy, and she was strong in backstroke. And she was a dentist's daughter, I think. Anyway, she was good at backstroke. But then, breaststroke and freestyle, or butterfly, we just didn't, we were never strong there. So we fall way behind. We're way behind. And I'm, I remember being on the block and just waiting for my butterfly guy to come on, come on. And as soon as he hits the wall, I'm going to dive in, right? But we're nearly a half pool behind the leader at this point. Finally, he hits the wall. I dive in and I do what I always do I just swim as fast as I could. Now, the way I could swim back then, I can't do this anymore, I don't think. Um, I would hit the water and I would swim halfway across the pool doing freestyle without taking a breath. And then around the halfway mark, I would breathe every other stroke by swinging my head to the right. And in this venue, the right was where the audience, where the, the stands were. So I get in and I just, I, I swim as fast as I could. And when i'm taking my breaths on about the second or third time i'm taking a breath i see my mom in the stands and she's standing up and i take another breath now a few more people are standing up and then i hit the wall and you know, nowadays like they have all this electronic stuff and so you barely even need to touch the wall and you, you but back then you either had a human being standing there with a stopwatch right at the end of the lane and clicking as soon as you hit the wall, or um, they they were starting to have electronic walls where you could, but you'd have to, if you didn't hit it hard enough, it wouldn't register. So whenever I finished, I just punched. I like with the palm of my hand, I just punched it and I won. I beat the kid. And it was just one of those moments in life where you're like, I just did that shit hate to wreck that moment with a swear jar uh, thing but that was cool that was a great moment in my life and i remember it very very well and um you know there aren't many moments in life you know whenever you do hit a home run in life you know you remember those moments and there, and i remember big sales moments in my career and, and moments when you know big things happen in business and i remember being alone in my car alone in my car and just super jacked up and Thrown out a Yahoo or a fuck yeah or a whatever I mean I, I, I remember all those moments too but this was I don't know other people witnessed and I guess that was what made it cooler but I don't know it was a good moment I recently thought about it and I just thought I'd share it I don't know if it's cool to anybody else but I just thought I'd get it out there <laughs> and, uh, I enjoy uh, thinking about it for sure uh, so that's what's eating kale today uh, coming up The Ultimate Old Fashioned Tomorrow and What to Watch Notables. Uh, That's coming up tomorrow. Until then, make it a good one.